everyone, and welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Daxon. Joining us, we have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. It's Animal Palooza tonight. Animal Palooza, that's true. I didn't even think about that, but uh, yeah, a great point. And with us, as ever, is indie games editor, Campbell Gill. Cameron, I have an Oscars prediction for this year. Okay. Bidoof is going to win Best Actor. <laughs> Badoof's gonna sweep. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, and uh, joining us, a very special guest, returning friend of the podcast, and uh, all around excellent human being, uh, Marty Allen. Yay! Always an honor. Someday I will think of a pithy and relevant remark after I'm <laughs> introed. Wait, did I, did I do it actually? Was that the thing? I maybe just that did counts, it by yeah. accident. You really did. Yes. That was like a meta pithy remark. All right. That's uh, yeah. That's it's very good. Um, welcome uh, again once more, and we're having you on, Marty, for for a multitude of reasons. But uh, as both uh, Campbell and and Mark alluded to, we got to start with the uh, the most relevant topic of the day. Uh, we have all just come off of watching the recent animated short from the Pokemon Company, Bidoof's Big Stand. Uh, how are you guys feeling? <laughs> This is a political movement I can get behind, Cameron. The <laughs> do for president already. Yeah, listen, I I, uh, I think we could all all use a little a little more uh, Bidoof in our corner. Um, this to me, this short came completely out of nowhere. I did not know this was happening. Um, I have not I, I have not noticed or known other Pokemon shorts to exist. Uh, what's 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 the deal with this? You guys have any, any angle on like the history of these? They do a lot. Do they a lot? Okay, like wow. one every few weeks. Really? I've never seen yeah. a single one. Yeah, they're really good, especially like the hand-drawn animated ones. Those are like incredible, the ones they just did over the last few months. You wow. see, Mark, well, I'm familiar with all of these animations, and I see them show up in my YouTube feed all the time, but I see them so often that I've kind of just automatically filtered them out for the longest time. So yeah, that's I'm very that's glad I broke that trend really with happened. this. Yeah. <laughs> They're all really good. It's like yeah. it's really surprising the quality the Pokemon Company has been putting out on their YouTube channel with uh, just all their shorts. Even yeah, well, like uh, even if you don't like Pokemon Sword and Shield, like the ones they made based off that game are incredible. There we go. Uh, I think uh, I think there's a reason that this particular one has kind of caught the attention. Uh, at least uh, for me, it, it does. It, it feels like it, it's trending in a different way than uh, than perhaps some of the other ones do. I think that is, of course, due to its title character, uh, Bidoof, kind of a punching bag in the Pokemon universe, I think, for all being honest. And I think what made, for me, what made this short really stand out uh, was B Bidoof and its evolution have kind of traditionally been like HM slaves. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah, and yep. I love that this little short made, uh, made allusion to that. I love that I felt bad about I, I will never do that again uh, I gotta gotta be honest um, I love that it, 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 we've all had that experience of, of getting to, to a tough Pokemon battle and for some reason or other your your stellar guys get knocked out and you've got to use the reserve Pokemon and to, to see that play out in a, in a little short was both extremely funny and also very uh, relatable for me. Ha has that ever happened to you guys? You've like been in the Elite Four, you're down to your last Pokemon. Ha have you ever been there? I think in my playthrough of Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, I actually had a few moments where there was that reserve Bidoof in my party. I never wanted to use him, the but savior. then... Yep, he was the savior. <laughs> he saved the day. So it's brilliant to see that play out in a beautiful animation. 
This is a biography. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it honestly is. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, yeah, it was extremely good. I I, I loved that. Uh, it ha- listen, it was just really well constructed. I, I'm just super impressed with these. Uh, th- this makes me want to go back and watch the other ones that you just mentioned, uh, Mark, because mm-hmm. I did not know that there were a whole library of these to uh, to to enjoy. So I'm I'm very yeah. Intrigued. They just finished up um, a series called Pokemon Generations, and it was like a little short about one of the characters from each generation. There's that one, which is fantastic, and then the other one um, from a few years back is Pokemon Origins, which is like the story of Red and Blue and how they had like their whole rivalry and how they uh, caught Mewtwo and all that stuff, which is just fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, YouTube right now, and uh, yep, there's there's just there's a ton of these. This is great. Wow, this is like, and they're and they're short too. They're they're less than ten minutes each, five minutes, four minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is great. And then what wow. was the other one? What was the what was the recent Galar one? I think it was called like Twilight of Wings or something. That one was really good too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, the point is, this is great. Uh, this this has opened up an entirely new uh, thing for me to enjoy. So I'm this. Thank you, Bidoof, for uh, blessing us <laughs> with uh, our Lord and <laughs> with Savior the knowledge. Bidoof. Exactly, our Lord and Savior Bidoof. Um, yeah, I thought it was just so freaking good, uh, and just just a delight to be like to be seen in that way. Of like, wow, we have all had this experience of of uh, getting it over our heads and having to, to rely on that that lucky one last hit from a from a completely uh, you know backup Pokemon. So I don't know. Uh, I thought it was a great short. Um, anything else we got to call out about this this Bidoof uh, big stand? Of course, Scorsese is going to be sweating at the Oscars this year. Exactly, oh, yeah. And I'll just add that um, I am already an incredibly sappy person when it comes to the stories I, wa- I watch or movies I watch or anything like that. So you show me anything sappy, anything sweet, the, the tear ducts start just flowing. So I would be lying <laughs> if there wasn't like a single tear trickling down my cheek by the end of this it's such a sweet story so it's truly yeah. an emotional roller coaster yeah I, I think that's gonna be kind of a theme for the uh, for this for today's podcast I think is uh, kind oh, yeah. of the, yep. the unexpected uh, emotional power of not just Pokemon but just like just like games and, and art and uh, how, how they affect us uh, I definitely got. I definitely welled up watching this this short. Again, I watched it ten minutes ago, right before we started recording, uh, and I'm still kind of riding the wave, the the residual emotions uh, uh, from that. It's like you know, it's an under, underdog story that always gets me. Uh, it's the story of you know, Pokemon who's like maybe you know his Bidoof's a little bit different than the other Bidoofs, and you know that's always that's something that that's that resonates with me. Uh, finding the love of uh, you know of a trainer and a partner and 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 understanding what that feels like like there's a lot of stuff wrapped up in these this 7 to 8 minute short about a pokemon battle that uh, that unexpectedly was was emotional for me i don't know if you guys felt the same way oh yeah yeah absolutely. no it was the the emotional power of high fiving was was really <laughs> <laughs> That was real. When 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 he finally got that high five at the end. Uh, spoilers. Uh, spoilers. Really... Sorry, everybody. But... Oh my gosh! Spoilers for an eight minute short. Um, <laughs> I loved it too. I thought it was so lovely, and I'm sort of like a Pokemon Fairweather fan. I mean, I sure. know it's, uh, it's kind of uh, a bit of a sin to confess such a thing on a video game podcast, but I'm like I'm a Fairweather fan in the same way that like I'm I'm like a sports fan who grew up in Boston. Like if you're a video game 
fan, you have played a bunch of Pokemon. Like, I definitely can relate to, to the scene at the end, as you say. And it was just nice. It was a really well-executed little little story there. I was I was glad to go on that journey with Bidoof. So cute. Love that. It's very I mean, cute. I will say, I think there were still some moral quandaries involved in this story, though. I mean, <laughs> the fact that, the, the yes, they did get to high-five at the end, but that doesn't erase all the abuse the trainer put him through, you know, by just be, <laughs> taking advantage of his HM abilities. So, you know, we can't we can't ignore that altogether. There are some problems underlying this sweet story. It's, just just got to put that out there. It's the constant <laughs> struggle with the Pokemon world, as been said before, <laughs> you know, but, like, you just got to wonder what's going on inside that Pokeball. Truly, truly. My uh, uh, my wife uh, was like, wait a second. So how big is the inside of the Pokeball? <laughs> we don't ask that around here. Uh, she's like, is it is it like Mary Poppins' bag? I was like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. Uh, it's, you know, it's a whole world in there. Um, I think of it more like I Dream of Genie. You know I Dream of Genie? That's, like that's the other thing she said. She's yeah, like, oh, right, it's like the genie. She's like, it's like the genie's lamp. I was like, yeah, it's like the genie's lamp. I always thought it was like Fantastic Beasts and where to find them with the suitcase. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I literally just saw it as a clown car growing up. Just like it's a <laughs> really tiny car and you have giant monsters come out of it. The theories are pouring out here. This is very rich. Rich stuff. Yeah. That's yeah, this is this is very good. We we gotta we gotta find out which one of these is canon and kinda go from there. So yeah, so uh, residual que- or lingering questions about the Pokemon universe aside, the ethics of uh, giving HMs to your Pokemon, ha- whether or not the living conditions in that Pokeball are you know up to health standards and and so forth, uh, <laughs> that's a question for that's a question for another time. We're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come right back to talk about uh, one of the best indie games released in the last year, Chicory: A Colorful Tale. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. This Pokemon can't do much You know the rules And so do I It's barely capable Of standing up But it's our buddy And here's some reasons why Can't you see It's heart is full of feelings Gotta make you understand Always been a friend, be do On it you depend, be do You just gonna stand Ground and stay true. Never gonna dump be do. Now I'm gonna shout be do. Everybody loves be do and it loves you. It's got so many useful moves. Much more than plain old cuts. Don't be shy to use them. And we're back. So um, just recently, in the last month or so, uh, the indie indie sensation, I would say, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, did in fact get shadow dropped and released on the Switch during an Indie World Direct. And uh, we've all four played it in varying uh, to varying degrees. Uh, I've beaten the game. Mark has beaten the game. He actually reviewed it for the website last summer. Uh, and Campbell and Marty are both about uh, halfway to to most of the way done with the game. 
Um, I think we all have opinions and thoughts and feelings, mostly feelings, about this game. Um, so let's let's uh, let's jump right in. So, Mark, you play this game on the PS5. I did, but we have to ask okay. one important question before we start. Yes. What is your favorite food? Well, and the, the, and the, you answer that question by saying, what is your character's name, I guess, right? Yes, because yeah. you have to name your character after yeah. a food, which is genius. Because so either you're going to sound tough as nails or, like, soft, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's very yeah, funny. Uh, yeah, I got got to go with, uh, I, I went with, I went with pizza. You know, I, I, I went with, uh, it's simplistic, you know. It's classic. Mean, meanwhile, I'm over here with enchiladas the dog. Whoa. I I almost did enchiladas. I was so close to doing Ooh. either chimichanga, enchiladas, <laughs> but I ended up going with sushi. Oh, cute! Oh, classy. I am uh, I am simply watermelon. Watermelon <laughs> is cute. That's adorable. Yeah. Oh, but I, mean, I love it's that. Tough not to go for pizza too. They they are ever vying for my my food food heart. Dang. Yeah. It's uh. So this game is set in the world of Picnic, where everything, every character, every location, everything is named after food. Um, every character you meet is a, is a is a food or an herb or or something like that, and uh, all the locations have very clever um, lunch and dinner based puns, which is extremely good. Uh, how do how do we how do we find our, our journey in the land of chicory, guys? What what, what are our, what are our, like kind of kind of uh, I guess I should ask this. So, Mark, you played this on the PS5. I also played it on the PS5. Uh, Campbell and Marty, I'm assuming you're playing it on the Switch. I am yes. indeed. How? What's What's that like? What's the What's the control scheme? Well, I would suggest that it's probably awesome because you can use the touch screen. Um, right. That aspect is very very nice. Um, outside of that, I I know. I mean, I don't know the difference. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it works. It works well. Uh, I do paint sometimes using the uh, the trigger. The fact that you can use a touch screen to paint is a pretty nice benefit. Did you guys use the uh, touchpad on the PlayStation to paint? Yeah. yeah. For the for the for the most part, I use the touchpad. Uh, I, I, it depends. It depended on the thing. I found there's there's some like there's some precision work that I uh, wanted to get done where I use the triggers um, and lots of zooming in to try to get the uh, the details uh, that mm-hmm. I wanted. Um, for the most part, though, I did find myself using the uh, the touch the uh, the dual sense whatever you call it, the little touchpad, um, which uh, I have mixed mixed feelings on. To be honest, I, I wish I wish I, man, I, I kind of want to double dip and get this game on Switch to uh, to see what it's like to use that touchscreen. Mm-hmm. It's exactly um, how I feel, Cameron. Because when I first yeah. reviewed the game, my only I only had one problem with it, and that was that the controls weren't like pinpoint precise, and I was mm-hmm. a little upset about that. But that was literally all I had to really, you know, that was my only, <laughs> the only negative aspect about the game. I just wish it was more precise on PlayStation. But I feel like because of the touchscreen on, uh, you know, the Switch, I feel like you can accomplish that. It's yeah, it's the, still inherently a little wonky. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like the intent, yeah. though, I think, too. They wanted yeah. to be a little ham-handed. Sorry, Campbell, what were you about to say? Yeah. No, I was just going to agree that, you know, the, the, the touchscreen is brilliant. You know, I greatly enjoy using it but i still find myself using the triggers most of the time primarily just because i don't really like using touch controls too much when i'm playing games i don't like obscuring the screen with my grubby little fingers you know um (laughs) but it's a nice compliment though it's a nice option to have around when you want to get some detail work done and 
you know, the stick just keeps jerking one way or the other, and you can't get the finer details of your canvas completed. So it really is a lovely control scheme. Yeah, That's well, true. Okay, we, we should... We should we, go, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, well, in the game, there's, like, different settings for painting where there, so you, you're mm-hmm. painting the whole world that you're in, or sometimes you're painting... Um, little paintings that the art school gives you to do and other people give you to do and then also there's boss battles i found myself using the touch screen a lot for the painting assignments and for the boss battles to jump ahead a little bit there but oh yeah yeah. really important for the boss battles i think because you have to just smash the paint button you know and it's much easier to just (laughs) smash the thing with your finger rather Mm -hmm. than move the control stick over yeah we should uh, we should back up a little bit to talk about what this game actually is. Uh, so probably <laughs> probably a little so. bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the the way I would describe uh, Chicory is that it is a is a well, kind of like isometric, right? It's like a top down uh, kind of like an old school Zelda. Uh, you control your 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 named uh, playable character. You're kind of exploring this overworld, the land of Picnic. Uh, you're talking to NPCs. But the main thing that you were doing is you were wielding a magical paintbrush, and uh, you're, you're, the world is entirely in black and white. It looks like a blank coloring book the entire game. And as you move through the game, you uh, kind of your your goal is to under, uncover the mystery of why the world turned black and white. And along your journey, you you can do this as much or as little as you want. You can fill in. The world around you—it's—it's it's kind of broken up into screens, like an old-school Zelda game, where you move from one screen, transitions to the next one. It's kind of laid out in a big grid, and you can fill in that color as much or as little as you want, and to really as much or as little detail as you want. Kind of a, in allusion to what we were talking about earlier in terms of, uh, you know, how how clean or how messy we wanted our drawings to be. Um, as you're exploring the world, you're you're meeting characters, you're uh, you're finding different costumes to wear, you're, you're, you're cleaning up your island of litter, you're finding little side quests to do here and there, there's like collectibles spread all over the place. But really, the main thing that you're doing, and if, if I'm mischaracterizing this, please uh, feel free to jump in, kind of the main thing that you're doing is not only are you trying to uncover the, the mystery of, of why is the world black and white, you're helping the player character's best friend, uh, the titular Chicory, uh, who's a little a little hare or a rabbit uh, who who lives in the tower, and they've they were formerly the this to give this is the very beginning of the plot so it's not really a spoiler this is like the first thing that happens in the game. Uh, the, uh, Chicory the 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 title character was the I, the appointed wielder of the brush. Like every every couple of years in the in the lore of this game, uh, a new character is gifted the the brush to to paint and color the world as they see fit. And Chicory has, in a fit of whatever you want to call it, uh, a sadness or depression or just feeling burnt out, has passed on the brush to the player character. Has been like, I don't want it. I don't want the responsibility of wielding this magic brush. And so, as you're as you're going throughout the game, as as uh, as much as you're trying to figure out what's really going on in the world, you're also checking in with the main character to be like, Hey, uh, are you okay? What's going on? How how can I help you? What do you need? What's 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 going on here? And uh, it's an empathetic journey. It's an unusual journey. It's unlike anything I've ever played. Uh, what what do, you, what do you guys kind of feel about the main themes of the game? Gets emotion right. It really it's, does. Yeah, yeah. Really, what it yeah. does best. 
Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. And I think I we're, we're all artists in some form here, whether you're, you know, creating art with words or with paint or anything, but anyone who's created anything can relate to the feeling of just being burnt out, being exhausted, not feeling like you're good enough. I think this game perfectly captures that feeling and is, you know, I haven't finished it yet, but so far telling a really beautiful message about how to deal with that, how to overcome it and still find worth in yourself. So it's really an emotional journey so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to I want to jump back to really really fast something that Mark you just said. You said it gets emotion right. What do you mean by that? Oh, just the way it, you know portrays depression and just all these other. I don't want to spoil too much because Campbell and Marty aren't done, but sure. uh, I'll stick to that. But the way it portrays depression and finding help and coping, it's just it's perfect the way it does it. It doesn't feel stilted or it doesn't feel like shoehorned in or you know, like it magically gets done. Like, no, it's very relatable. Even though you're talking to a cartoon rabbit, it's like, it's super relatable and realistic and grounded. Yeah. I mean, I I couldn't agree more. I think that it's, that that's this game's greatest strength. Have have you guys um, played his, so this is made by this guy, um, Greg Lobanov. Have you played his other game, Wandersong? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, so that game, um, was also totally amazing and played with a lot of the same Mm -hmm. themes um that came out in i think it was like 2018 so there were so many like indie darlings that year and a lot of people missed it but if you did miss it go back and check it out um it's a lot of the same stuff but uh, uh, for music and a lot of the same themes of like coping with what it's like to be an artist um very simple mechanics not a lot of combat um and all just so well executed and it came out the same year as celeste which i think is another game that achieves the that the fusion of uh, emotional growth with while well, and it ties it to the mechanics in the game uh and i think that that's just such an extraordinary accomplishment for any game to do um those are the games that really capture my attention and my heart so i'm just so delighted by what i've already played in this and and what these creators are making actually the composer for celeste is is, is the music uh maker mm-hmm. for this game too so. I, I was about to, yes. about to mention that yeah. uh lena lena rain uh yeah. is is their name and uh yeah, they incredible score. Um, I don't so know if good. you guys have got. Have you gotten to um, what's the city? The city in 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 Chicory is it is it Eleven uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No dinner. dinner. Yeah. The the dinner music theme is in is such a bop. I love it's it. Such a jam. The tune is amazing. It yeah. really gave me like New Donk City vibes in terms of what the music sounds like. Um, just this yeah. upbeat jazz. You know, the whole soundtrack is amazing, especially how the the sheer variety of it between these idyllic songs. You know, when you're out in the countryside with you know flutes and synths and stuff, and then the boss themes are surprisingly intense for such totally. a cute little game. So it's really really impressive. The boss battles oh, so are intense. Totally. I was, <laughs> oh my God, I was gonna yeah. say. Okay, so okay, so uh, a question for the three of you. So, and Marty, you mentioned this uh, uh, thirty seconds ago. So I'm just gonna kind of circle back around to it. So we mentioned that this game. Uh, so you have your magic paintbrush. You're controlling your little character. Your top-down perspective. I think an important thing to note is that unlike a classic Zelda game, or you know, your your hyper's light drifter, those game games like that, there's not really any combat. Un- until you hit the bosses, uh, there's, there's a number of bosses um, as you explore this world. Uh, interestingly, I don't know if any of you guys have engaged with this, you can choose to completely skip every boss battle. Huh. Didn't even oh, know really? that. really? I didn't yeah, know it's, that. It's, it is an option in the options menu. Um, you can just turn on boss skip at any point. Huh. Uh, fascinatingly. Like, I, I personally didn't engage with it. I thought the boss... 
uh, battles were really really cool and interesting. And they're not like so not so difficult that they're frustrating. I, I like de again depending on on how how you want to kind of tune your gameplay experience to be. I just I just had infinite lives on. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't bother about. Uh, Having like, oh, if you only take one hit or anything like that, I just, oh, I just, I should just turn through. that on. Oh my goodness! You should just turn it on. There's, <laughs> truthfully, man, there, there's, there's just no reason not to. Like the game doesn't punish you in any way, shape, or form. Doesn't even comment on it. Um, there was a couple boss. I think at the very first boss fight, I, I got defeated once or twice, and then it asks you like, hey, do you, do you want to yeah. just turn on Infinite Lives? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> like. Uh, or you could tell it like, "Hey, don't ever ask me that again." Like you could, you could really <laughs> kind of uh, turn the dial up or down as as much or as little as you want. Um, but just, I just think it's so interesting that this game really gives you the option. Like, what do you want to do with this game? Do you want it to be kind of stress free? Do you want it to be kind of difficult? Like, how did you guys all uh, interpret that? It sounds like none of you guys uh, uh, knew that that was an option. No, yeah, I mean, I, no I, idea. I think I had infinite lives on by default, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I didn't even know there was an option to make it difficult, really. I just thought the bosses were these unfailable um, events or activities. Well, so, to, to some yeah. degree they are. Um, like, I, I don't think the game's going to, like, kick you out to the main menu or anything like that. I don't think that uh, right. is necessarily built in. Um, that said, I, I think the bosses are... are actually really something to to enjoy about the game is that the the, the art style changes completely mm -hmm. uh the music is really cool and really like like i had me bobbing my head along even though i was like ah like this is kind of annoying um <laughs> i thought some of the uh the mechanics you you have to do when you're battling these these boss characters is is kind of kind of neat and, and different than the way you would engage uh in the overworld um they're kind of like mini puzzles, each one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What, what, I mean, I know we have, haven't all beaten the game yet, but what, what, what are your kind of initial reactions to that? I mean, they I are, was, especially at the yeah. end, you know? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'll well, say that for I, Cameron. I, I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, know I wouldn't well. know about that one, but um, <laughs> even with the first few bosses, like, I, at first they felt like a real tonal shift just because of how dramatically different they are, like you were saying, Cameron, but especially later down the line, you know, some of the later bosses, um, really aren't just visually stunning but like thematically really intense as well and the whole vibes the way they impact the story the whole experience of encountering them is just like it's both you know intense from a gameplay perspective and figuring out how to beat them and also from a story perspective about what each moment represents it's another example of how the game just ties everything together where you'll see a character and you'll be like wait i why am i fighting you now you know it's just this really really poignant uh process that ties the whole thing together that's that's how i've experienced it so far at least yeah okay so all right we gotta we gotta get into it a little bit so we've kind of all alluded to the fact that this game is like it's emotional it's it's dealing with complex feelings and and things you might experience as an artist i think i think it's worth dipping a little bit not to get too deep into spoilers or anything like that i know i, I imagine people listening to this podcast um Obviously, if you're Nintendo fans and you and you've heard of this game, you probably already have it. But let's just for the sake of, you know, just for the sake of not wanting to ruin the experience for anyone, I do want to talk a little bit about, uh, just kind of get a little deeper into the themes and and, and stuff at play here. So, Marty, one of the reasons, uh, and this is my my secret ulterior motive for for wanting you to guest on this particular episode. Dun dun um, dun 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 dun. So I have not uh, been prepared for this one. <laughs> I have not. This is true. That's right. This is that's right. Really so it's happening. not 
I'm not gonna. It's not. It's not as. I'm building it up to be something that it's. It's not that exciting. Um, so, one of the uh, out of the out of the four of us, I think. Um, I think you're the one who really did. You took a big artistic leap in the last year. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I, like I know that uh, Mark and Campbell are students. Um, I've I've got a full time job elsewhere. Uh, you out of the four of us. D- saw something that you were like, I really want to do this thing and I need to find a way to make it work for myself. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Wow. Cool. Thanks. For if you want to, that. if you, if you, no, no, if you no, don't, no. if you're not comfortable I, sharing I, or, yeah, I'm so comfortable talking about myself at length. <laughs> um, uh, no, yeah, this, this last year, I mean, for the last 15 years, I've sold my art as a big part of my living. And in this last year I've been teaching, uh, little kids for about six years and, and I quit my job and, and decided to go back into full-time work as an artist selling my work uh, that's uh, puppets and pictures of puppets or sock puppet portraits and it was a big leap and you know it, you definitely are not wrong to tie it to the feels that I was catching from chicory you know it's it's very very relatable um, for me all the time as an artist in particular in the last year the idea of just like putting yourself out there and feeling like do i deserve to put myself out there is such a real struggle that happens for all of us i know as makers and artists but it was very very poignant for me in this last year so um yeah no that i mean it's been a an amazing journey that i've been on but also um uh, one that has been fraught with a lot of self-doubt, and so you're you're absolutely correct to, to point it out. Yeah, and, and well, part of the reason that I that I wanted to, to bring it up, and again, if you know, I'm not I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to to, to get you in a gotcha moment or anything like that. No, no, uh, I'm but, an o- I'm an open book, my friend. Okay, fair enough. I love that. <laughs> All right, great. Um, in that case, uh, no, um, but I think uh, something that you just brought up that that feeling of like. Okay, I'm I'm doing art, but that that there's that, that little voice to the back of your head. I, I had an old acting teacher who would call it the um, the parrot on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. There's always that little that little thing in the back of your head that's like, oh boy, like do, do people actually like this? Am I do I suck at this? Am I bad actually? And I, I think what's I think what's great about chicory in particular is that there's there's a that's that's in the game. It's like it's it's mm-hmm. explicit in the text uh, because the the player character is an artist uh, and they are talking to other artists like people who paint for you know for that's that's what they do in this world and every every NPC you talk to like they they the, and again I don't know if it's just I don't know if you want to call it just good writing or what or just good game direction in general uh, it's it's in the text that your character deals with insecurity uh, chicory deals with insecurity and feelings of self-doubt and I think what's perhaps resonant about this game, and I, I guess what I, I guess my question for you, Marty, is: so you've been, I'm sure, again, your whole life you've been doing art. What do you think about about the kind of the the, the dialogue in this game? Those some of those cutscenes where it's like, did, did any of that ring true for you? It all did. It's all so spot on. And and again, it's it's the it, these are the. They're the same themes that he was playing with that they were playing with in Wandersong. Um, and for Wandersong, it was more from the perspective of a musician, which I also relate to because I've had that as a big part of my life too, um, which isn't to say that Chicory is a retread. It's like an evolution of these same themes. 
um, that are just so relatable. He, they, they nail it. And like, what's so cool about it is there's almost this thesis inside of it of like, it's going to be really hard and there's going to be dark moments, but you're Mm -hmm. going to then find yourself back in the light. If you can sort of keep making things and remain hopeful and you know, it's re and sometimes it's really, really hard to do. It's very, very relatable for me. I mean, what see, seeing Wander song and now seeing chicory, I like these games so much. They're some of my favorite games that ever I've ever seen. And, and there's a part of me that's actually jealous of them. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I wish I had made this game. These are the kinds of ideas that I want to bring into the interactive world. Yeah. Like, I just think that they nailed it so well. Well, I think, well, listen, uh, not to, not to go off, get off my high horse here, but it's like, it's not like there's going to be a shortage of this kind of content. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, well, Chicory did it, therefore we don't need this message anymore. It's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Um, exactly. Yeah. I think that's uh, yeah. one of the most enduring uh, messages that I think is important for, for any, not just artists, but for like people in general to hear is that like, hey, you're going to go through some tough times every now and then. And it's what you do in those moments and how you come through it that's, that's like, that's your character. You know, that's, that speaks to you as a person is how you kind of move through these times um (laughs) and not even not even like not even to say that the way you move through them is that's what's going to be how you are perceived by the world but it's like that's the stuff that that informs who you are as a person and there's nothing wrong with that you know uh so suffice to say listen i say if you want to make a game about this kind of stuff freaking (laughs) go for it man like (laughs) i'm not gonna stop you right on Um, no yeah and thanks for asking and uh, tying it into my 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 experience that's uh, flattering and and cool and i really appreciate that um and yeah i I just i i adore this game and this game maker and i'm I'm so so excited to see what they make next um it's just such an awesome fusion of emotion and mechanics and it's just so earnest they just get so much about it right it's just really uh, it's just stunning stuff and i'm really happy that chicory is getting so much acclaim i i picked it up right when it came out on the switch and it immediately nice. rocketed up on my i was my second best game of the year last year i like snuck it in on my list wow and just from playing for like three hours and you know now that i've put more time in it might have even toppled metroid dread last year for me you know in terms of lasting impact so i i just love it well, I'm curious to hear what you think of uh, when when you get to the end of it, because uh, there's, there's some really great stuff uh, towards the latter the latter half, latter third of this game. I would say that's like again, it's it's pretty it's pretty solid all throughout, but there's some great moments and messages uh, towards the end of this game that I think are 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 really really impactful. Um, one of the things, not to turn this into the the part of the show where we all talk about things that we loved about it, but maybe that's what we do right now. Um, one of the things that I thought, actually, wait, no, I have a different point I want to make first, and then I'll come back to this. Um, you guys got to remind me. Say, hey, hey, Cameron, come back to that point you were going to make earlier. Uh, <laughs> but to, to speak noted. to something you said uh, a minute ago, Marty, I love when an artist or a creator or a team of creators or a studio or whatever you want to call it is kind of revisiting the same themes and subjects again and again and again. I think it's incredible. I love it. Tennessee Williams wrote the same plays. Ten times. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're all variations Absolutely. on this. They're all in the same... At, they're all, it's all the same goddamn play at the end of the day. You know, uh, Hemingway was writing about the same stuff in every single one of his works. Like, it's, it's all the same story at the end of the day. 
Um, and I, I didn't know about Wander Song, but now it's it's on my it's it's in the during the course of this conversation, I, I put it on my wish list because uh, if it's an artist, if it's a team uh, visiting a similar theme, I would love to see what that looks like uh, in a different gameplay style um, and compare it to to Chicory. I think that's incredible. I I, I love that. Um, is is there any other works that you guys have noticed? It's kind of like a uh, uh, speaking of another indie game, not to go off on a rant about this, but Inscription, uh, which is a, a one of my favorite games from last year, a Daniel Mullins game, and uh, he's he's a similar kind of creator, a singular creator who is always he has a, a very specific perspective on how uh, how he makes games, and uh, seeing his other games and tying them to Inscription is kind of interesting to see. Like, here's how one person interprets the same material um, in different ways. I don't know. I think that's a really powerful thing to do, and I'm glad you pointed it out. Um, since you and, and Campbell have both played uh, Wander Song, I think it's I think it's worth pointing out that it's like no, no, no. It's good when artists do that. Like I think it's a good thing overall. I agree. Yeah, we're over obsessed with novelty, and it's and and there's nothing wrong with artists re reexamining themes in their work. It's it's a natural course, and I eagerly I'm just waiting for Inscription to come out on the Switch like a. Like, it, like the fool that I am, like I did with Ooh, Jiggery before. I, listen, no, <laughs> no spoilers. I would be surprised if that game, in fact, came to Switch. Oh, yeah, hmm. maybe I uh, just, just there's some mechanical stuff that it's like, oh, huh. huh. Uh, okay. I mean, I know it's 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 a Devolver published game, so like it wouldn't shock me because those games usually uh, come to Switch. I've been enjoying Death Store lately, another Devolver game. Uh, yeah, that's good. But uh the way that inscription specifically is played there's some there's some kind of like oh you should you should play this on a pc interesting uh, kind of, kind of. Uh, that's all i'm going to say about it uh listen i would love to be proven wrong if it comes out on switch i will definitely double dip because i love that game uh but yeah we've, we've been talking for a long time uh campbell and mark you gotta jump in here <laughs> <laughs> I, there was okay, one thing i wanted to mention before which was uh about burnout and it was funny oh. because when i uh when i first reviewed this game I played, like, a couple of bad games before I reviewed this one, and I was just, like, so burnt out on writing for the month, and then this game just immediately just, like, got me motivated. It's just, it's yeah. so well done, and just the message is just, like you said before, it's completely well executed, you know? I'm not gonna parade your high horse about it, but, uh, since I think we summed it up, but, yeah, it's it's definitely, I, I feel like this game speaks a physical message you know like it had an impact mm. on me yeah oh, yeah same here absolutely i i don't even know how many times i i saw myself in many of the characters mm. of the game not just in chicory and the player character but in a lot of the npcs too the characters are dealing with very real world issues in this they may be you know a koala named hummus but that koala <laughs> has just experienced losing a friend you know mm -hmm. or you may be talking to a squirrel that's super you know super in about being buff and manly and stuff but he's also questioning his sexuality and he's questioning mm -hmm. you know just what the world means to him you know so there are lots of characters it's really dealing with issues that you face in the real world and it's dealing with them in a way that's so relatable that's not like preaching to you it's not like sitting you down and being like well here's a lesson about how to deal with depression you know here's a lesson about how it's you know not just emotions as a mental illness so on and so forth but it portrays it in such a real world light that i think 
everybody who plays it will find something to really speak to them in it. And I think it ties into the mechanics so beautifully, like we were talking about earlier, the difficulty options and the ways that you can choose how you paint each part of the world. The whole game is your canvas and you can turn it into a picture of your own and you can make it your own story, essentially. And the way that it blends that with the dialogue and with the, the narrative arc, it's just a stunning way to really portray that experience. So like you were saying, Mark, it's a truly emotional experience through and through. And yeah. then jumping off what you just said, uh, I'll, I'll say this. When I got to the part where you first <laughs> entered the art school, I don't know if oh, you've yeah. done like the, uh, you know, painting each individual painting, but there's like a story to one of the characters. And I don't want to say she's like a bully, but um, I can't remember the character's specific name. But uh, I, think it's I know Vizca. the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, but I literally was thinking to myself while going through it, I was like, huh, I'm back in art school. <laughs> oh, Same, 100%. 100%. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but it's and it's interesting. Like the uh, I, I mean again, not to not to belabor the point. There there is a, a relatableness to all of these NPCs, even though you know they might have three sentences of dialogue at a time before they start repeating themselves or something like that. Uh, but even in these limited interactions, there is something extremely truthful to all of them that we all 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 of us I think we can all agree that we've had visceral reactions to to anything they were saying. Um, I particularly enjoyed um, in the in the town of dinner. There's a uh, a pair of characters who hang out by the park bench uh, who mm-hmm. are talking about dismantling <laughs> capitalism, and it's uh, it's extremely yeah, good. I love that uh, part. It's an, extre- yep. an extremely great conversation. <laughs> Uh, that ever I encourage anybody listening to this and playing that game to, to go and, and, and listen to all of the dialogue options for them for those characters. Um, it's, there's, there's something that everybody has. Uh, every every character I think has has a moment of like, damn, like that, that that's true. Like it's and it's great. And I think uh, I don't know. Like I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing a little bit of Horizon Zero Dawn right now in anticipation of the Horizon Forbidden West coming up. And so many of the conversations in that game are just superfluous, uh, which is a shame because it's a, it's a great game, yeah. but a very beautiful game. And so many of the NPC conversations, I'm like, why am I talking to you? Like, I don't care about the thing totally. that you were talking. You know what I mean? And it's no, like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm playing, um, uh, what is that? The big two-player game from last year. Um, it takes two. It takes Sony, two. It takes, it takes two. two. I'm playing. I'm playing. It takes two, and it has extra. Sorry to go to Nintendo on this, but uh, it has such extraordinary game mechanics. But I find the storytelling to be like just it's a rough. little bit painful. Yeah, and it's rough. they're trying to hit on real themes, and they're just like missing the mark. And what Chicory does so well to, I mean, to your point, Campbell, like it's there's, it, it speaks to elements of of mental illness of diversity of just diverse opinions Mm. in a way that just doesn't feel like it's you know trying to like serve you up a lesson you know it's 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 just like it's just it's just good writing it's like it's like it's in this like weird Mm -hmm. cute painty game you're like you're like (laughs) look at this look at this you know i mean i guess undertale has done that too and there's a there's a bit of a history of it but it's just it's so impressive to me i think that these this kind of a game is extraordinary yeah yeah it's it's not didactic um it's it's uh it's very conversational, like, even though, uh, again, as, as Campbell's mentioned a couple times, even though this, you know, cute little animal character is, like, the stuff they're talking about does feel very, like, oh, yeah, like, I've been, I've been there, I've talked to that person, I've been there. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, 
I, I mean, I, talk about good writing, and this is me having bad speaking, but it's like, yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. <laughs> writing good. Um, yeah, writing good. <laughs> me like game. Um, I think one thing, the thing, the, uh, the point I was going to mention earlier, and uh, the point that floored me, and this is such a tiny little thing, um, so in the game, in in your your player character has a has a family, has a, a mother and father and a sister, um, who you can talk to fairly frequently. Uh, the, the the father character runs a little donut shop, or I'm sorry, a holy shop. They call them holies in the game, which is extremely good. Uh, runs a holy shop in town. Uh, the mother is around. The mother is kind of like your your hint system. Uh, throughout the game, you can step into a phone booth, and she can, and she'll be like, "Oh, have you have you checked the southeast corner of the map?" Like she'll kind of like tell you hints of where to go next. And your sister, um, uh, as as Mark mentioned, there's an art school in the game. Your sister kind of hangs out at the art school, and you can talk to your sister at any time, and she'll then she'll kind of be like, "Hey, like how's it going?" Da 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 da. And there's a moment in the game where you're you're at the art school. The teacher is like, "Hey, draw this thing," and you can draw it or not, whatever you want to do. And the other character that we were talking about, the other NPC who's kind of like a critic or a bully, uh, kind of goes off on your player character. And you can talk to your sister after that happens in the game. And and they'll just give you a hug. And the hug lasts for like 10 seconds. Like, it's a long-ass hug. And it shocked me. It, I was shocked. I was like, I'm, I'm, not, touching the, I'm not touching the controller. Because normally, like these kinds of interactions happen in the in the blink of an eye in a video game. Like, what what am I doing mechanically? What, what am I jumping? Am I rolling? Like, what? How much stuff can I do when I'm pressing buttons? And the fact that the game forces the player to pause and accept a hug from your sister is beautiful. That it, it it shocked me. I was I was I, oof, I thought it was beautiful. Um, not to make you know, mountain out of a molehill, but it really uh, was effective to me, as you can tell. I don't know why. Um, it, it, stuck, it stuck out to me. I, know, I don't know. I know the exact moment you're talking about. It's a beautiful moment. I love that character. I love the yeah. tone that they get with, with her and their relationship, and it just rings so true. It's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful moment. Yeah. I don't know. It's The game is full of stuff like that, and I think that's... I don't know. I don't know. Not to... Again, not to belabor the point, but... Um, if you are the listener, uh, have you know you're you're an artist. You're 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 not sure of your path. You're whatever, wherever you are in your journey as a human being. This game, I think, will speak to that in in some form or another. Whether it's through the player character's struggles, whether it's through Chicory's struggles with burnout and depression, whether it's through the NPCs like weird little dialogues. Uh, there's truly something to to uh to touch every every person in in this game and i think that's pretty incredible um i would encourage you all of you listening including my fellow hosts here to to do everything you can in this game uh i would encourage you to find all the collectibles uh honestly pull up a guide don't you don't have to make a big deal about it like like there's guides online like there's some really cool and interesting stuff at the uh, for for players who who do who make the effort to find everything in this game yeah um, as, as a further testament to these game makers i'm somebody who never 100 percents and wander song was probably the last game that i 100 percented and i uh, oh, wow. was definitely glad that i did and i'll i'm sure i'll do the same for chicory awesome great okay good to know i, I again I'm, I'm now i'm just more and more excited to play wander song um 
That's great. <laughs> I didn't know about this game, so I'm. It's like it's like I've been given a gift of like, That's oh, great. you like this thing? Here's this other thing. It's like it's like finding out that an author you liked. Uh, wrote another book or something. It's like, oh shit, I didn't know that existed. Like, that's great. Um, very happy to hear that. Um, we've we've all talked about Chicory for a long time here. Is there any, anything we kind of want to say to to sum up our, our thoughts and feelings about it? And we can, listen, I can continue to talk about this game uh, for as long as we as we please. But I know we, we've all got lives. We've all got stuff to do. So anything else we want to kind of say about Chicory? Play it. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> it's fantastic. Play, it. Play, Play that it. game. Yeah. yeah. Play it. I can I, attest I, to I, that. Wholeheartedly agree. Um, Holy so that's Chicory. Chicory, a colorful <laughs> tale. Uh, a beautiful game by uh, Greg Lobanov, and I believe the team is something we made. Did I? Did I? Am I wrong about that? I think so. I'm not sure. Ooh. Actually, oh boy, I gotta pull up. I just know that on the, the title wiki. screen, What's it just up, says it's a game by their friends. So yeah, it just they, says, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair enough. We'll just say they, okay. We'll say it's by Greg Lobanov and 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 published by Finji. Uh, extremely beautiful game available on PlayStation Switch, most importantly, and uh, it's on PC and, and Mac as well. So if you have a laptop, you know, get on that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, I'm going to shut my mouth and let everybody else talk about Animal Crossing because there is a big fat update that we have somehow not talked about all these months later. So we're going to stay, uh, uh, stay tuned. We're going to take one more quick break, come back to talk about that. So uh, we'll be ready. So, uh, moving on from the uh, emotional discussion of Chicory, A Colorful Tale, um, another another game that uh, means a lot to a lot of people, not to me, because or I haven't me. played it, or to Campbell, <laughs> exactly, uh, but to Marty and to Mark, a game that means a lot, Animal Crossing New Horizons had a very substantial update this past fall with the release of the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack which included N64 games and Sega Genesis games. Most importantly, I would say to a lot of people, is this Animal Crossing update. So uh, why don't you guys take it away? Give us the nitty-gritty. What's what's going on with Animal Crossing New Horizons? We're trapped oh. again on the yes. island. <laughs> There's too much to do with this uh, Happy Home Paradise uh, DLC. Where it's, it's basically Happy Home Designer from the 3DS just in uh, New Horizons, which is fantastic because they added so much to it and the customization and just the items added to the original game. It literally, like, it more than doubled the size of Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is 
what we needed. We needed more content and more variety and more items, and this just did everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had, I mean, it's such a weird game to even talk about because it exists on such a different scale than any other video game for me like i already had like 400 plus hours into that game so it's like i can't possibly complain but i did and i wanted more things and they came and then i played it for another hundred hours and i had i had started to fall off and this definitely brought me in um Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like the last time i was on the the pod i was maybe i don't know maybe i've been on since i was talking i was talking i think i've been here maybe i was talking about anticipating what was coming out um we were i believe yeah yeah, you know i don't know do we cover all the things that are there do we just get get weird (laughs) there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff Uh, dig into whatever you want marty yeah i'm always a i'm always a proponent of getting weird so like that's (laughs) it's it's whatever it's whatever you guys want to talk about yeah um yeah i had fallen off in this poll so the so there's like two big buckets there's the free stuff that came in and then there's what mark just mentioned the 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 dlc that's tied to like the old style of happy home designer um and the free stuff brought me back into my regular island life myself and my partner both were playing again actively cleaning up corners of our island now going to visit brewster to get coffee and rewards stretching going to Cap'n islands and all of that just snowballed into just like digging into even old things that we did all the time just changing outfits and there's so many new items i'm obsessed with gyroids now i have a huge tribute to gyroids on my island it's insane Mm -hmm. um and then there's all the paradise planning dlc stuff too um i don't know mark yeah did it pull you back into the the regular game first like like for me there's a weird dynamic because like i got pulled back into the regular game and i'm also obsessed with the dlc stuff and they're almost like different games to me at this point in a way Um, it's funny because um when the dlc came out I didn't realize that you had to go to the Nintendo eShop and like download it to access the uh, Happy Home Paradise Islands. Uh-huh. So it was funny because I didn't want to look anything up about the new update. I kind of just wanted to go in fresh again. So uh, I was getting frustrated the first week because I was like, when am I going to get there? And then I realized you had to literally just click the one download button for literally like a small little thing just to go there. And I was like, oh, fantastic. So um, it did. It did pull me back in a lot, and it was interesting because I was going to the Cap'n Islands, you know, and then I was doing Brewster and just everything, but th- they just added so many items and just... They did. Th- between furniture, clothing, and dialogue, and it, it just, you know, it it reinvented New Horizons in a way that it needed since it came out, which is that it needed more variety. And now every time I log in, I feel like it's worth going up to an animal and talking to them, or it's worth checking out the shop, or it's worth going into, you know, the town hall just to see on the Nook Miles and all those items. Like, there's something that's worth doing now every single day. And it's not that it wasn't worth doing before, but now there's a larger incentive, which is nice, because that was the big problem with the game for me to begin with. Yeah, uh, I am 100% there with you. Um yeah, it it added all of these little things that brought me back in, and then I've now I've now actually gone back through the cycle of like I've played the heck out of it. I'm actually feeling the ebb on the main game again. But what's interesting is all the while I was also playing the Paradise DLC stuff, and 
I can see myself playing that literally forever. Like the Paradise DLC, what's so interesting about it is you go to this separate island and you have initially like a relatively limited set of things to use to decorate a home on request. So you're so you've got a little goat being like, I sure do wish I had like the farmiest home of all farm town or whatever. I'm making this up. <laughs> but um then you put, you know, some fences and you make it all like that. And you can put as little or as much as you want into that. Um but you know, you check the two little boxes that you have to, you get paid the proprietary money of the island that has its own items tied to it. And then, but there's actually like a little bit of growth and story over on the island. Like the island grows, I don't want to spoil too much, um, but you know, your abilities grow and it's super fun and super relaxing to have that really open-ended space to just decorate really however you want. Um, So I could see myself just, wanting to chill out and play paradise dlc for another year you know like there's so much you there's mm-hmm. just so many little islands to decorate it's ridiculous it's yeah I, the I, natural I you know the natural evolution of it all of the whole island is just great like that was yeah. something that i felt like with new horizons where it was like oh you know you got the stores you got the museum and then it was just a matter of customizing your island. But I like how this feels in the same regard as a new leaf where, you know, the shopping district, it's slowly evolved. I have like the same feeling with, yeah. um, you know, happy home paradise, which is nice because I feel like th- that should have been, that should be in every animal crossing game from now on after at least new leaf came out. It felt like you were doing something worthwhile and something great with your town and now I finally, I guess I have that same feeling again. Not that I didn't, but I guess not to the same proportion in a sense. Yeah, that's interesting. We've talked about this a little bit before. Um, and I, like, I was very, very happy with the initial release. And I understand wanting more. I mean, I also wanted more. There's a part of me that's sort of glad that it wasn't all there at once because I was able to become obsessive about certain things and then get a few new things and and then i think that there was a big dump of stuff the dlc is really like it's its own it's its own animal (laughs) and it's gonna last me forever (laughs) i love you martin (laughs) um it's it's just this perfect low impact chill out game that you can keep playing you go to the island you have a dollhouse that you can put all all the things into you can decorate it with whatever you want and you know i have at this point fallen off of the main game again now 500 hours in but i can imagine playing that aspect of animal crossing for as long as i have a switch i just i just love it it's like such a great chill out experience yeah same i think really you know unlocking more items in the uh, happy home paradise will help prolong the base game since there's going to be items that you're going to want to bring back to your house and stuff like that but i feel like still i feel like the hook of the base game just wasn't here with this entry which is sort of a shame but i'm glad that the happy home you know dlc will help solve that problem i guess in a sense i just i think it was a big mistake not bringing back like the shopping district or having just like the island with the mini games of friends there was like all these little things that kind of added up and culminated into 
I don't want to say this is the weakest Animal Crossing, because it's definitely not. I mean, I think Wild World and City Folk were kind of the, uh, I think either one of those is the uh, disappointment of the mainline games. But, uh, well, they're all great in their own sense. But I think New Horizons kind of struggles with figuring out more to do, even though there is so much to do, if that makes well, sense. I mean, it totally makes sense. I did, but I feel like it's a conversation we've had before. I do respectfully disagree because I, I feel like the, the, the biggest innovation that New Horizons brought in for me was the ability to terraform the island. So I've done so much with that aspect and to be able to decorate the island too. So, mm-hmm. you know, just being able to expand into decorating everywhere else for me was a huge innovation for the series. I hear what you're saying. Like, you know, it, there is something magical about New Leaf for sure. But um, for me, New Horizons did do enough. Um, and now with the Paradise DLC on top of it, it's just like I'm I'm just in love with the with the game. But, you know, I was going to be bought in from the beginning no matter what. Mm-hmm. I played I played even those bad. I played City Folk for hundreds of hours. I played I played them all i've played so much animal crossing in my life it's getting a little depressing to talk about but exciting i'm I'm, it's okay it's okay i'm okay i'm okay (laughs) (laughs) wow okay i I love customization (laughs) like i i love all the customization in uh the happy home dlc and just customizing houses it's all so much fun and the new items and just the new atmosphere and the new animations just everything is fantastic about it but i don't know just after all this, I'm still a little, I don't want to say I'm sour on the base game because in the base game alone, I put like over 150 hours, you know, like how am I going to complain after that point? But looking back on it with like New Leaf, like I played New Leaf for probably like almost four years straight before I finally like abandoned the island, you know? So I, I'm not disappointed with New Horizons. I love it still. I, I still think it's a great game. If you know, if you haven't picked up an Animal Crossing game, I think it's the perfect entry point. But yeah, <laughs> not much else to say. Uh, this DLC, I feel like the DLC kind of triumphs the uh, the base game in a lot of aspects. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely still agree with you, Marty. I think there's a lot to love about the game, and it'll definitely keep players hooked and the whole terraforming and everything like that. There was just something about having an island or not an island, a town that slowly progressed like a new leaf that hooked me more. But Mm. I do see why, you know, New Horizons will captivate a different type of audience, which is an interesting, you know, conversation in itself. I I guess my, I have a question for you both, um, since you're both so invested in the the Animal Crossing uh, (laughs) oeuvre, if you will. Um, I played it a couple times. (laughs) (laughs) He says nonchalantly. Um, how do you both feel? I mean, I know we've we've touched on this a little bit in previous episodes, but how do you both feel about this being the the end of this game? Um, uh, not okay. great. <laughs> Mixed. Uh-oh. Mixed. I, he, uh, go, so go, go, here's go the thing. That, yeah. Here's the thing. I I'm a little disappointed. Like I said, there was so much a new leaf. There were so many things they added to Animal Crossing. And I feel like they took a lot of they took a lot of them out with New Horizons, and I feel like there's a lot of disappointing aspects about that. Like overall, I think this is a fantastic note to end the game on. But in retrospect, looking back at like my favorite Animal Crossing entries, I still will say that New Leaf is the strongest one. Interesting. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, we sort of diverge on that. I think that New Horizons is the is the is the best version, but. 
Um, that said, I, yeah, as I said, I feel mixed about it. I mean, it makes me feel, it makes me feel greedy because it's absurd that I've played <laughs> so much time in this game and I still want more, but it's, it's hard not to feel like Nintendo does have a missed opportunity on its hands. You know, they added uh, a few great things and it added so much to the base game and they could add a few more great things and it would keep adding so much to the base game like i would just keep playing every time they added like a little chunk of stuff i would be brought in for another 100 hours and i'm not alone i mean there are a lot of hardcore fans of this game who are doing so much with it and we're gonna we're gonna keep playing too and we're gonna keep playing for more and more time it, it makes me feel greedy it makes me feel insane to say it but i do wish that they would stay with it a little bit more maybe consider treating treating it like it's a service more something um but you know nintendo's gonna nintendo and you know yeah. we did get a great game out of this i mean it's, it's hard to complain about it we did and it's you know it's the timing that sort of really screwed it over like i know with the updates like they were having a lot of trouble just getting mm -hmm. them out on time so clearly you know the pandemic had an effect on the game but it does it makes me look at splatoon you know so I think it's an interesting comparison to bring it up, but with Splatoon 2, because Nintendo has done a few live service games, like clearly, like ARMS, not so good. Splatoon, right. I feel like they found their footing. And then there's like other titles with Mario Maker and stuff where it's like, it has a niche community, but like, I feel like it could have done better with the overall audience of customers buying the game. And I sort of feel the same way about Animal Crossing where I'm not gonna blame it because I put so many hours into it. I love the experience with it, but I just wish there was more or like more stuff returning from the older games that I wish was here. But I like, who am I to complain? You know, like we're going through a pandemic and stuff like that. So I think the overall product is fantastic, but as a fan, like in the future, I feel like the, I'm going to have a hard time. Like, if I were to restart any Animal Crossing game, I feel like New Horizons is not the one I would pick, you know? Yeah. That's an no, interesting I... metric to uh, to talk about this game by, is which one would you restart? That's I've never heard anybody mention it like that before. That's very interesting. Yeah, but I've yeah. also restarted a lot of Animal Crossing towns. <laughs> so maybe, I, I don't know. It's This is such a, a complicated game to talk about in terms of legacy, because it's like... Are you going to stay on the same island for the next 10, 15 years? Or are you going to eventually pick it back up before the next entry comes out and restart? Because I feel like everyone did that with um, New Leaf and the entries before New Leaf. But uh, I've never I've never had the heart to restart any of my any of my towns. They're all still oh, wow. there waiting for me and wondering where I am. <laughs> oh no You've just I love there is a the GameCube slogan I feel like it was um oh my god it was something around the lines of you may sleep but we never because the game <laughs> just like that. keeps on going yeah. okay wait that sounds absolutely so horrifying ghoulish. is Tom going yeah. to assault me in my sleep or something terrifying <laughs> <laughs> he's coming for you. the game the game does run like 24 7 you know yeah yeah they're there they are there they're waiting for you <laughs> as if a i needed any... memory cards stuffed in a drawer <laughs> yeah. as if i needed any additional excuses not to play animal crossing now i'm afraid <laughs> they're going to come for me while i'm not looking yeah. well campbell I have, I have a question for you so so obviously oh, no. uh you and i have been kind of hanging back uh as as we let uh, Marty and Mark have their fun, mm -hmm, but yeah. uh, my my question for you, Campbell. All right. So both you and I have the the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. We do indeed. 
do you not feel obligated to, <laughs> to play Animal Crossing just to say that we're getting the most out of this thing? Like, I, I, I do. And no, I don't even I've, like I've, Animal Crossing. I feel no obligation because I have a passion for wasting my hard-earned money all the time. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, I do Fair. feel a little bit of that because... You know, as soon as I finished paying for the expansion pack and I saw what I was getting and I spent 20 minutes playing Genesis games and 10 minutes being incredibly frustrated by N64 control schemes that were not translated well at all, I realized that I had spent $40 that I did not need to spend on this oh expansion no. pack. And then I was like, maybe I should try and get whatever value there is out of this. But then I realized that I'd went so long without playing Animal Crossing. It had become almost a defining character trait for me as, as a Nintendo player to not play <laughs> Animal Crossing. Why would I break that habit now? You know, so I decided to stick to my principles, basically. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it would be a good idea to do that. I feel some obligation, but I've gone so far without it, and I know it would be not quite a commitment to get into the animal crossing ecosystem now but it would be a lot to to go into this for the first time so i feel a bit torn on it i get the rationality behind it but i'm hesitant to like dive right in you know oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm right there with you it's like a part of me is like well I, I i listen guys i have a copy of animal crossing to be to be clear <laughs> Like, I do have well, well, Cameron, it. Cameron, you should feel the most obligation that I don't even own a copy of the game. Oh, so. man. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I truly have no excuse other than, like, <laughs> other than, like, I pretend like I value my time. Um, <laughs> pretend. <laughs> listen, I can't even use that we as love an excuse. doing like, nothing. <laughs> man, like, here's nothing. the thing is I can't even use that as an excuse because, like, I, I don't truly. Like, I play all kinds of crap that's, like, not, you know, quote-unquote... Uh, an efficient use of my time or whatever. It's like, yeah, like I, I could probably stand to to have a little chill out game that I just dip into once a day. <sighs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I have, I have nothing beyond that. Just uh, Tom, Tom a, Nook is waiting for you. He's he's ready for you. <laughs> That's with fair. a knife. What? <laughs> he, he may or may not have something behind his raccoon back. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, I think that's a good place to, to wrap this up. Just um, end with murderous Tom Nook. That's, that's fair enough. As we always do, we're going to end it with murderous Tom Nook. Uh, I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find some of my writing over on goobastomp.com. I'm also around... <laughs> I almost said I'm also available on Twitter. I'm around on Twitter as well. I'm at Action Daxon. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? Find me at the Markel, that of course is Mark with the C, Cal with the K, right now over on GoombaStomp.com. You can find my work for uh, the Kirby series, currently doing a few write-ups about them. I have one about Kirby's adventure and Sakurai's Kirbyism, if you want to find out what that is up on the website. Also, Book of Boba Fett, every single Wednesday, so check that out if you're watching the show. Awesome. And Campbell, what about yourself? You can find me on Twitter at CampbellSGill, uppercase CSG, and you can find my games writing at GoombaStomp.com. Please look forward to a brand spanking new indie game spotlight coming out this weekend. The very first full-on traditional spotlight of 2022, so please keep a lookout for that. Oh, wow. Can't wait to read that. Um, excellent. And uh, Marty, thank you again for, for just gracing us with your presence. Like It's always such a delight to have you on, and especially, I, I truly did... Uh, like I was really happy to have you on for 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 this episode. I think we we all were like, oh yeah, we we would love to have Marty on for this. So thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. 
Oh my gosh, it's always an honor and a pleasure. I mean it. I'm a fan first. It weirds me out when I'm on an episode because I usually skip those because I don't like to hear myself talk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, you can find me on the internet. You take my name, M-A-R-T-Y, and, and then you put the word stuff, S-T-U-F-F, and it's MartyStuff.com, and it's at MartyStuff on Twitter and Instagram and probably Facebook too. Um, I write yep. things on Goomba Stomp if and when I can. I did a thing on like oh, Death's Door a little while ago, a thing on Eastward, and I felt weird about both of those pieces, so kind of ignore them, actually. Hopefully I'll write more soon. <laughs> <laughs> Love the artistic wow. honesty. <laughs> the, the certification for the site. No, I mean, wow. uh, you know, no, I mean you know, they were edited. They were, they were thought out. I just was, I mean, I'm in, I'm in one of those chicory moments as a, as a yeah. games journalist. I'm having like yeah, yeah, one yeah. of those moments where I'm like, what, what am I covering here? But anyhow, <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> just incredible. Unbelievably perfect sign-off. I, I love it. Uh, of course, NExpress is also on social media. We are at NExpress Nintendo on Twitter, so make sure you follow and like and retweet all the things. Uh, we're on uh, all the all the podcast platforms as well: Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, all that. Apple Music is that right? Apple Podcasts—that's what it's called. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of those. Uh, so yeah, the, the like, comment, subscribe, rate, review—all those things. More engagement helps more people to the show.